0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. They crucified him, we're told in John's Gospel. Three words which fail, at least for most of us, to describe what Jesus suffered and what he experienced on this agonizing day. While what I'm going to read is difficult to hear, I want you to, to feel somewhat of what it might have felt like, what Jesus might have experienced in this suffering. This is a medical description of what happens when someone is crucified as the Romans crucified Christ. The cross is placed on the ground and the exhausted man is quickly thrown backwards with his shoulders against the wood. The legionnaire feels for the depression at the front of the wrist. He drives a heavy square wrought iron nail through the wrist and deep into the wood. Quickly, he moves to the other side and repeats the action being careful not to pull the arms too tightly, but to allow some flex and movement. The cross is then lifted into place. The left foot is pressed backward against the right foot and with both feet extended, toes down, a nail is driven through the arch of each, leaving the knees flexed. The victim is now crucified. As he slowly sags down with more weight on the nails in the wrists, excruciating, fiery pain shoots along the fingers and up the arms to explode in the brain. The nails in the wrists are putting pressure on the median nerves. As he pushes himself upward to avoid this stretching torment, he places the full weight on the nail through his feet. Again, he feels the searing agony of the nail tearing through the nerves between the bones of his feet. As the arms fatigue, cramps sweep through the muscles, knotting them in deep, relentless, throbbing pain. With these cramps comes the inability to push himself upward to breathe. Air can be drawn into the lungs, but not exhaled. He fights to raise himself in order to get even one small breath. Finally, carbon dioxide builds up in the lungs and in the bloodstream, and the cramps partially subside. Spasmodically, he is able to push himself upward to exhale and bring in, a life, bring in life-giving oxygen. Hours of this limitless pain Cycles of twisting, joint rending cramps, intermittent partial asphyxiation, searing pain as tissue is torn from his lacerated back as he moves up and down against the rough timber. Then another agony begins a deep, crushing pain deep in the chest as the pericardium slowly fills with serum and begins to compress the heart. It is now almost over. The loss of tissue fluids has reached a critical level. The compressed heart is struggling to pump heavy, thick, sluggish blood into the tissues. The tortured lungs are making a frantic effort to gasp in a small gulps of air. He can feel the chill of death creeping through his tissues. Finally, he can allow his body to die. What is good about this Friday? We hear of this terrible suffering that our Lord experienced on our behalf. What makes this day good? And how, knowing that Jesus did this for me, that Jesus did this for you, How do we see that this suffering, this terrible agony, this excruciating pain, how do we see that this can be redemptive, that it even has the possibility to transform? Part of our reading from Isaiah today says, yet ours were the sufferings he was bearing hours the sorrows he was carrying. He was being wounded for our rebellions, crushed because of our guilt. The punishment reconciling, reconciling us fell on him, and we have been healed by his wounds. What I want us to think about today on this Good Friday is that this instrument of torture, the cross, rightly understood, is always about resurrection, always about redemption, and always about transformation. The good in this Friday is that God fully intends to take our sufferings, To take our pain and our guilt and transform them. Our personal cross of pain and suffering, of sin and guilt, doesn't have the last word. The cross is the way of life. The cross, according to Richard Rohr, is a cosmic object lesson where God is saying, I know this is what you're experiencing. Don't run from it. Learn from it as I did. Hang there for a while as I did. It will be your teacher. Rather than losing life, It is gaining life. It is the way through to life. On Good Friday, even in the midst of Jesus' suffering, we know what's coming. We know the story. Easter, resurrection. And our tendency is to run from the suffering, Jesus' and ours, and sprint to Easter, But as Roar reminds us, this day, we're encouraged to hang there for a while, to embrace the good of this Friday. We're reminded that our suffering, while not caused by God, is used by God to teach us, to form us, and to show us, to show me, that my life isn't just about me. That has certainly been my experience when I have walked through the valley of the shadow of death, when I have experienced pain and suffering. Suffering brings redemption. And in that process, from suffering to redemption, we're each called to a deeper life, a deeper faith, that not only will transform us, but will be used by God to transform others as they watch us deal with our suffering. Hearts are wounded. Hopes are shattered. Our psyches and our bodies are broken. Many of us live with a sense of failure, of not measuring up, Some of us struggle to find meaning in our lives. Suffering is real, and the challenge we all face is to be real about our suffering and that of others. One of my friends used the expression, I know a lot of dry-toothed Christians. And what she meant by that are the Christians that you and I have all met that always have a smile on their face. That no matter what's going wrong in their lives, because Jesus loves me, I'll smile. But what we're called to do on Good Friday is to stay there, to hang there for a while, as Richard Rohr has said. Let's be clear. Jesus' wounds are not the sign that suffering's good. (laughs) I think all of our life experience tells us that suffering stinks. But what Jesus' wounds teach us and what our own wounds teach us is that some things in life are good enough to suffer for. For. Jesus' suffering for us isn't the end. Remember, he said, in this world, you'll have trouble. But don't worry, I've overcome the world. Knowing the love of such a God, expressed in his beloved Son, our Savior, the one who endured our sufferings, and by whom our wounds are healed. We learn that our sufferings, our wounds, our brokenness, can and will be, in fact, already have been, redeemed. Jesus strains one last time, pushes up on his wounded feet, to draw his last painful breath and cries out, it is finished. And finally, his suffering ends. In the Gospel of John, the story of Jesus' crucifixion doesn't end here where he takes his last breath. We learn that to verify that Jesus has died, a soldier pierces his side, and out comes water and blood. Definitive evidence that he is indeed dead. And this water and blood give us renewed hope. Listen to theologian Jean Vanier. In the blood and the water flowing from the side of Jesus, John the Evangelist sees a symbol of hope. Water symbolizes the Spirit. With Nicodemus, we're called to be born again and from on high through water and the Spirit. Jesus promised the Samaritan woman that living waters would flow from her heart. If she drank of the waters, he gives. There was the great cry of Jesus in the temple during the Feast of Tents, You who are thirsty, come to me and drink. The water flowing from the heart of Jesus is the sign of his love and of the gift of his spirit that is to be given to all who are willing to receive it. This water heals cleanses, and gives life. This water transforms our closedness, negativity, hate, and violence, and opens us into gentleness, love, and forgiveness. The water flowing from the pierced heart of Jesus reveals in a symbolic way the transmission of life, the life of God, which is one of the fundamental themes of John's gospel. It reveals God's desire to break down the walls that separate us from God, that imprison us in ourselves and prevent us from being fully alive. God yearns to liberate us, to live in us, and for us to live in God. in an eternal embrace of ecstasy. It is this unconditional love of Jesus, Vanier says, giving himself to us totally in all his vulnerable being, which opens us up to receive his life, the life of God, and to be reborn. This Good Friday story of horrifying violence, hatred, and cruelty ends with this immense ray of hope. Death and suffering and violence do not have the last word. Water flows, healing happens, and this suffering is redeemed and transformed. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.